Welcome to Atlanta Sightseeing. Please take your seat and keep your hands and feet inside the railing at all times. Ma'am, in this brochure it says this tour is crunk. What does that mean? Yeah. Welcome to Atlanta's hammers and bows back to the Mac and the clothes adolescent. Welcome to DGen Cast. This is the Upcountry DGens. Um, we got a fun uh, episode for you guys talking about a bunch of things that I didn't play in. And <laughs> just got to watch Eric throw a cat. That was great. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll do that a couple more times. Don't worry. All right. So uh, on this episode, we have uh, the hack father, Jamie Step. We have the Kingslayer, uh, Eric Johnson. And myself, Rich Bonholtz, the Spooner Man. Um, and we're going to talk about some stuff that happened here uh, recently. Um, Jamie, why don't you uh, talk about some shit? Well, so I was fortunate enough last, well, I guess two weeks ago now, um, to head down to Atlanta with Eric and a couple, uh, a couple of the other guys from our crew. Um, Josh from uh, Durham joined us and rode down, and uh, I got a chance to play in the Tusk Invitational, that uh, mythical event that you've yet to be able to play in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I spent the last one in an emergency room. We don't need to tell that story again. <laughs> Ah, uh, you know, I still need to make that into a play, man. Yeah. So anyway, Tusk Invitational for this, it, it was a great photo. Um, we should see if Jason will put that on the uh, the podcast notes as the photo of you in the emergency room. <laughs> I have to track it down first. So anyway, Tusk yeah. Invitational. So anyway, Tusk Invitational. So last year it was Legacy Unleashed. So they unrestricted several cards from the Legacy format. This year was hyperextended or hextended for short. Uh, I think we mentioned that last time is kind of what what the format is. Uh, it's basically fallen empires through scourge, no core sets. Um, so that was the format. Um, it was uh, hosted by uh, Sean O'Brien and uh, also Brennan Hagen and the Tusks at Scofflaw Brewery, um, which was an awesome venue. Eric actually showed up later in the afternoon. Um, after playing in, uh, was it was it a last chance qualifier? I played the Friday a... PTQ for Legacy, and then we showed up and jammed some side games and drank some beer. Um, yeah, they had some pretty good beer. I um, I wish my record was as good as the alcohol. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric saw me like epically fucking punt against Sean while playing Reanimator, um, which. I would just like to point out that uh, that was a bad choice for the uh, metagame that was there. But I will say my only win of the day was I got to crush the shit out of Greg Krager. So Vintage Greg just got demolished by me around one. And then I proceeded to just like get totally fucking owned the rest of the day. To be fair, reanimator is always a bad choice when the best thing that you have to reanimate is a Chroma Angel of Wrath. <laughs> just want to point that out. Which I don't even think you had in your list. I definitely did not have that in my 75. My, the best creature in my 75 was Vasara the Dreadful. That's a pretty good one still. Yeah, I had that. I had um, uh, Verdant Force and Symbiotic Worm because in my head I was just going to make a shitload of tokens and win. That's just not what happened um, at all, was it? 
<clears throat> no, not really. Actually, you know, there, there were very few rounds that I didn't win a game in. I think Sean was one of the few people that just like two owed me, like I was standing still, but I would expect that from Sean. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I, I had a blast. The format's great. I look forward to playing it some more. Um, the fact that it feels like it's somewhere between Vintage and Legacy. Um, you can play it's, Goblins it's and it's good. Yeah, I, I definitely, there was a lot of goblins in the room. Um, you know, there was, uh, Matt Webster was playing Storm, which was hilarious because I watched him literally demonic consultation away all three of his tendrils one yeah. game. <laughs> and I, I caught in one of his post-board games where he had sided into Oath of Druids, which was pretty good tech. <laughs> Yeah, That's that was, amazing. that was, that was a, spi- that was a spicy, spicy meatball. It was definitely well worth watching Matt's games. Um, unfortunately my games were very lackluster and, you know, I look forward to playing the format some more. I think the, our December tournament that we'll do like house event, we'll probably do hyper and then a, a draft format of some sort that we'll do. Um, just because the format really is, I think worth, worth exploring. Cool now we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to do like a shit draft yeah. where everybody picks three. Yes, old school cube, Richard. Would you like? Do you want to talk about the old school cube right now? Since you just no, brought it up, not, we'll save it for later. But we have an old school cube, and it's great. Yes, yes. So uh, yeah, I do want to give shout outs to uh, Sean Brennan Hagen, uh, Matt Webster for loaning me some cards, Zach Wilson for <clears throat> you know just being fucking Zach Wilson and uh, you know going out with us every day. We were uh, had some great food while we were there, but. Um, you know, I wasn't there just for the, the, uh, Tusk I initially traveled down for a larger event that I think was being held by this company called, uh, it's, it's Chanel Fearball. It sounds like, it sounds like a weird, it sounds like a weird mixed drink. I don't, I don't know. So, um, it sounds like a fashion designer that had a venereal disease. <laughs> Chanel That's fucking Fierball. awful. Jesus Christ. Fearball. Yes. <laughs> so Fierball. it was GP Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, GP Atlanta. So um <clears throat> GP in the, my hometown. I did not go. I was at a wedding. Yes. Yes. I um so just to kind of run down some of our team, you know, teammates and friends that were there. So Josh Alexander was there. Um he missed the GP. The man literally missed sign up, and had the best weekend out of all of us. I think. <laughs> Actually, he had the, he had the most wins out of anybody. That's what's really fucked up about the whole thing. I think he was the first person to hit the Korean barbecue joints. So that's he that's, was. I'm so pissed he beat us. That is it. the uh, that's the first win. I believe his uh, Reddit um, report was was very very popular of his zeroth place <laughs> report where he recounted all the rounds of Korean barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that man was winning on the weekend as far as the EV for being in Atlanta. I think the EV for every GP is just to play side events and skip the main event. Um, It's always way more fun, and that's traditionally what I do. Uh, This time I decided to play the main event because I was just feeling it. But uh, I think Josh had the stronger plan for the weekend of sleeping through. You can go eat whenever you want. You can, like, it's, it's great. Don't want to play this one? Fine, uh, fuck it. Go get a sandwich. Like, it's... I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't get up on Saturday until 
I think I win. <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm capable My, of sleeping in that late anymore. Yeah, so spoiler alert, people. I Even though I said I was going to play Tezzerator, um, I actually just slept and then uh, hung out with Matt Webster, went, uh, got some signatures, checked on some people that were playing uh, that I knew in the GP got cards signed. Um, it, re- it really was like a great atmosphere. And the, the, I will say that that's probably one of the nicest convention centers I've ever been in for a magic event. Um, they had a separate food court. Um, it didn't feel overcrowded. Like there seemed like there were ample seating for everything there. Um, it wasn't, it didn't smell like the inside of Indira Gandhi's thong where it was just nothing but sweat and fat people. <laughs> Um, like they actually had ample AC for being like 92 degrees outside in Atlanta. So I, I do want to shout out, um, the fact that channel fireball did pick a great venue to have the event at. And from my understanding is that a lot of things were running on time. Unlike GP Richmond last year, which was a fucking shit show where everything was 25 to 30 minutes late between rounds rounds. Uh, this weekend seemed like they were just firing very quickly. Like, 10, maybe 15 minutes tops between rounds. Um, like I said, I didn't play in the event, so uh, we brought Eric on to kind of talk about uh, his experience in the event, kind of what his run looked like. Um, Eric had like a really sick deck list that I don't think anybody was ready for. Um, he did make day two, um, but I'll, I'll let Eric kind of take it away as far as like this awesome brew that he'd been working on for a while. Well, I, it was definitely not a brew and I don't think any of my thought work went into it. I'd been playing a uh, Hogak Depths because I felt like Depths was well positioned. Also kind of had this feeling that everybody would know that and come prepared with tons of hate, which, which turned out to be the case. Um, I'd done well with Hogak in a couple local events, but it basically felt like the deck the entire Hogak package, with the exception of Cabal Therapy, was garbage literally every round that I played. It was never at all relevant, except for, I guess, one matchup against Pox, where having Stitcher's Supplier made their edicts bad. But basically, it just felt like I had about 16 to 20 bad cards in my death strategy that was winning every round. So I'd expected people to be prepared for the slow depths, which, you know, the, the Bob, the Elvish Reclaimer. Elvish Reclaimer is a great card. That actually felt good, too, in the Hogak deck. But I thought people were getting prepared for it. I was seeing online people were packing Caracas. Even in Rug Delver was playing crop rotation Caracas packages. People were playing Tyrant Scorn. People were playing just all sorts of hate for the deck. Um, Price of progress. And so, uh, so I, some guys on the we'll get there in a minute. Uh, <laughs> there are some uh, masters on the on the Lands Death Discord. Who uh, shout out to, to Jack's DNS solver, uh, some of the other folks on there who are real wizards, and and the Jack's list is the one that I picked up because he was rocking a, a turbo version that had Elvish Spirit Guide, Lotus Petal, four main deck Pithing Needle, and four main deck, and this is literally the reason I picked up the deck. Not of this world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, spicy, spicy, spicy. There is no better feeling in Legacy as when a very experienced player across the table from you has to read the card that you're killing him with. And that happened multiple times over the weekend where players would, you know, they would watch me make Merit Lodge in the face of their Caracas. They would give me this kind of astounded look, like, have you totally missed that this card wrecks your strategy? Then they would turn it sideways, and I would just tap zero mana and counter the activation with Not of This World. They would read the card sometimes two, twice, sometimes three times, then would kind of shrug their shoulders and I would untap and kill them. Uh, didn't happen. 
<laughs> didn't happen every round, but happened happened enough times that it made it made my weekend. <clears throat> oh, I have the vapors. <laughs> yeah, Whew. spicy, yeah. spicy. I, I will say I, I got to watch uh, some of your rounds on Friday while I was making the rounds, um, grinding value on trades and. Try, trying to pick up some uh, some old cardboard that I needed for uh, vintage and and the cube, which you were nice enough to help me out with, Eric. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed like when I was walking around on Friday, the top tables that I saw were Rug Delver, um, whatever that Astrolabe shit pile is with a bunch of basics, and then I saw depths a lot at the the upper tables, and it just seemed to be like. The top table was just the Astrolabe decks versus the the Rug Delver decks, and then it was kind of the, a smattering of, of one of those two and the Depths decks kind of at, at the second and third tables. Um, did you feel like in the GP that you saw a lot of those like four-color and uh, Rug Delver decks, the Astrolabe decks? Um, did, did it seem as prominent as it did kind of walking around the room? Um during the actual GP, or did you actually see like a diversity in the metagame that, that was a little unexpected? Day one was, was all over the place. My matchups, I played Blue-White Snow, uh, which, which I beat on the back of Not of This World. Uh, I beat a Blue-White Snow player on the back of a Mold of Four, in which um, the last two cards in my hand, he had two swords to plowshares, and I had two cards in hand, and, and they were both Not of This World. Uh, <laughs> please, please tell me. Please tell me you stood up and said "boom shakalaka" and walked yeah, away. Great. The first one, the first one was great, and then the second one was great. Uh, I ran into Show and Tell the next game. Got extremely lucky. He made a turn one Gristle Brand, and fortunately, I was playing the Turbo version with fast mana. Was able to crop rotation out of Caracas, and he drew apparently nothing but air and let me make a twenty twenty on him later. That went to three games. Good match. Uh, I played Rug Delver a couple of times. Uh, twice on, once on day one, twice on day two. I played uh, Alex Hatfield on a sweet black-green aggro brew. Hex Drinker, Parmagoyf, Bob, Abrupt Decay, Discard, oh, Rotting Regisar, oh, I... Dark Ritualed out, Wait, dark ritualed out the 7-6 Rotting Regisar. On, on, I actually had one of, the, one of the more interesting lines was I, I, I thought seized him. I was on the play. Uh, thought seized him off an Urborg, and I saw a hand that was Double Dark Ritual, Rotting Regisar, Abrupt Decay, Thought Seize, Parmagoyf. Caracas, which I'd never this seen in incredible. either of the other two games, and I'd taken out my Not of This Worlds and Bayou. Um, I, had a, I had a turn to Hex Mage off of Hex Mage, make a token off Death's Urborg, and I had a Pithing Needle. And so the line was really interesting of whether I take uh, his Abrupt Decay, which answers my Needle, or whether I take his Thought Seize. Uh, I took the Thought Seize. He dark ritualed out a dinosaur off his Caracas turn one, which was not a line you see very often <laughs> in Legacy. <laughs> and then I, I, I essentially was on a very short clock, and I needed him to tap out for Tarmogoyf and not hold up mana for Decay so that I could slam the Needle, slam the Hex Mage, make the Depth's main phase, and then pray to God that he didn't draw a third mana source. Uh, to d have Decay and Caracas open. Uh, that was what won the game three and kept me undefeated. Um, but nice guy, good gentleman, great legacy player, and I totally respect the brew. Uh, after that, the wheels kind of came off. I hit Bant Snow Chain, which was a deck I did not appreciate how explosive that was. I uh, got totally destroyed. Did, did you just say Snow Chain, like as in a food chain deck yeah. with snow he in was it? Playing the, Holy he was shit. playing the two mana, two one hideaway guy. 
which just totally destroyed me. Game one, I had a duress and I could have taken a food chain or a, and I took a manipulate fate instead of food chain because I thought I would get him into, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock him into a line that loses to the line I was playing where he'd play food chain and then he'd need another turn to combo off and kill me. But he just exiled his hideaway guy, made three mana, got the hideaway card and just killed me that turn, which was a turn faster than I thought he could. Um, Surprise! Wow, Jesus yeah. Christ, that's amazing. Yeah, Swords to Plowshares, Caracas, and just he had really fast hands both games. My hands were not as fast. Uh, he also wrote a report about it. He thought I was on slow deaths because uh, I kept I kept bad hands. And he, he very nicely he had a, he had a Hydroid Crisis playmat, which I was like, oh, it's not something you see very often <laughs> in a Legacy tournament. And then game two, I pithing needled his Walking Ballista, and he killed me with a hundred and two hundred and two Hydroid Crisis. So uh, hats what? off to that dude. <laughs> Hats off. <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. I want this deck list. Like, I would play this shit pile and absolutely have a beautiful fun with deck. It. All the cards were altered. He, he, just, he two owed me like it was nothing. I felt, and afterwards I was saying, man, this matchup feels awful. And he said to me, actually, I think it's about 50 50, which I think was his really nice way of saying that I played like a fucking idiot both games. <laughs> It's about 50-50, you fucking donkey. <laughs> he, he was very nice and very polite. He's like, no, you know, I think it's about 50-50. And on reflecting and looking back over my notes, I was like, yeah, I think I made some suboptimal plays that round. That was my first loss day one. <laughs> yeah, you were, like, what, 5-0 five, five oh going into Yeah, I think I was 4-0, oh, and, and then I went 4-1. Um, then uh, yeah. th things were okay. I stomped the lone player. Uh what else? I ran into Echo of Eon. That deck, that deck sucks so fucking bad. One. Um, this is a deck that okay. plays a bunch of... It plays Chromox, Lotus Petal, a bunch of zero mana, mana rocks. Plays uh, discard spells, Lion's Eye Diamonds, uh, Cantrips. And the combo is you get out of Narset, and then you get an Echo of Eons in your graveyard, either within Tomb or with Lion's Eye Diamond. You flash back your Echo of Eons, you draw seven, your opponent draws one because of Narset. Ooh. Then you play out a bunch more mana. Oh, God. Then you do it again. You draw a new seven. They draw zero. <laughs> and I, I, could only, Pretty good. I could only sit back and watch an admiration yeah. as this guy mercilessly thrashed me uh, the first game. <laughs> the second game... This is, it sounds a lot like Thieves in uh, Legacy. For anybody who has played against... Uh, the uh, Grixis Thieves list and the uh, the infamous Lotion Thief that I'm really hoping that Clint Searley will finally put a fucking Jurgens bottle on mine. He's going to be at SCG Con, so I'm going to beg him again to see if he'll put a Jurgens bottle. He's going to say no, and you're going to have to get RK Post to do it. You know that. Right? I'm, yeah, if he says no again, I'm just I'm just going to pay RK Post to fucking put a Jurgens bottle on my goddamn card. And he will too, because um, he's dope. Oh yeah. So we do have to interrupt I, this program really, really quickly. So, like a uh, a good podcast host, I'm doing all of my uh, prep, looking at the top 64 of Grand Prix Atlanta while I'm not talking and while someone else is. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just realized that Goblins was in side. 35th. So, uh, kudos to you, uh, Mikez Hadley. I probably just butchered that, but uh, you're the real G because you played Goblins. That's fair. That's fair. Well, you know, the, the it sounds like there was a lot a lot more than what was actually visible at the upper the upper tables, Eric. Um, so how did how did day two go for yeah, you? Day two was 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 less well. I, I I beat Blue Red Delver in four color loam to was my win and in to make day two. So I was six two going in the day. 
So I was like, all right, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start off, shake off the rust. Um, my first round was a rug delver player who had three wastelands in game one and two wastelands and a surgical in game two. And it's uh, pretty good. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once he surgicaled my depths and I realized that my plan was to win the game with Vampire Hex Mage plus Elvish Spirit Guide beatdowns, I began to see the value of the Hogak list a little more. <laughs> Yeah, don't want to second guess it. And then uh, the next round I played uh, Blue Black Shadow. Uh, game one, he just had a fast start reanimating Street Wraith. You know, had one wasteland. By the time I could play around that, he had too much mana on the board. He had a flip Delver, and I didn't have the Sajiri step to kill him with one shot. And he was able to swing past for lethal. And then round two was Reanimate just kind of... It, it, street Wraith. Yeah, Street Wraith reanimate. Yeah, <laughs> classic, classic. <laughs> I mean... A leg legacy, it's been there forever. Sometimes, you guys just didn't you see can't it. abrupt decay it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pay seven life, get a three four. But uh, Swamp Walk was very relevant. <laughs> Swamp Walk was very relevant because he could uh, swing through my token. Um, so I was oh yeah. As I sat there trying to figure out a way to to get past this Delver and not die on the crackback, he was able to just keep blocking me with Street Wraith. And then game two, I was on the play. I had a you know Urborg turn one, uh, Hex Mage turn two. And he plays his natural one of Caracas from hand. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously? That was the moment when I was like, yeah, this, this day two, this is a signal that day two may not be, may not be the right place for me. That was... Yeah, so, so what happened after that round, Eric? After that one, I ran into a, a four-color snow control deck where I thought seized him. <laughs> I thought seized him at one point and saw literally three pieces of interaction four the, uh, three different pieces of interaction he was on like liliana's triumph plus tyrant scorn plus submerge plus jace and i was just sitting there just a little bit baffled and afterwards i was like man there's a lot of hate and he's like yeah i came pretty well prepared and i said i've even seen some decks playing crap rotation for caracas and he goes oh i had that too <laughs> <laughs> he's like i got your fucking number yeah, but it was it was really tough there was in each game, there was a moment where I could have just jammed as quickly as possible. And normally that's what I did. And, you know, I, I showed up with Elvish Spirit Guide. Like, I, I came to jam. And both times I was like, the way he's playing, he's got at least one answer. And I extended the game and chose a different spot when I had more interaction. Uh, still lost. But both times he had had that interaction. So I was at least confident that I was getting the read correctly um, afterwards. Then uh, that was, so I started off 0-3. So at this point, I was 6-5, I was and 10-5 and was potentially live for $250, I think. You know, would have got me maybe in the top 110. And so my next round, I played against a four-color loan player. Um, got, him in two, got him in three games, really epic games. One of them, I had probably 12 lands on the table when I was finally able to play around his Ghost Quarter and his Caracas and his Maze of Ith and successfully uh, get there. Uh, not of this world, a Maze of Ith activation. He Golgari charmed to shrink my token to a nineteen nineteen, and then and then we played about another twelve turns before I finally managed to make another token and get there. Um, I was really hoping to get the kill with Elvish Spirit Guide. Uh, he had to decay two Elvish Spirit Guides to stay in the game <laughs> until I could That's eventually awesome. make the token a second time and get him. Uh, one of the deciding plays in the third game was I got to uh, he got to. I go to make the token. He uh, vindicates my dark depths in response. 
and I just blow them all the way out of the water with Veil of Summer on Vindication. <laughs> oh, God. So that Surprise. was that was very satisfactory. And so I had the decision of do do I take the win? Do I try to three zero? You know, to try and get two hundred and fifty bucks. Or do I, do I concede to this player who we had some awesome games and go to the bar and play old school with my friends? Uh, I went for the, You're basically in the beer bracket anyway. I, I went for the fun equity play, and I, I conceded to that lone player, let him try and, and go for the glory, and I uh, dropped to go play some old school at Gigabytes, which I am very happy with that decision because those were some hateful, hateful tables I saw looking around me of, of Rug Delver players, Blue Black Shadow players with Caracases. Uh, four color players who's lot of rug oh man looking at this top 64 oh man they were holy shit the deck the deck is very good it's very strong uh uh, red and six seems to have been the biggest mistake out of modern horizons for legacy i mean i think hogak still wins best mistake overall (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and uh with plague engineer i think fitting into the true name nemesis spot of it's not super like busted but it's so annoying and such terrible design that it just enrages me every time I see it across the table. So now that I zoomed in, um, I can I can see our our next show note is Rusty punts hard, which we'll get to in a second. But I just wanted. So I, I've been on other podcasts before, and usually the show notes are like a Google Doc or something, something neat, organized, tidy. And I think it just speaks volumes to the quality of what we're putting out for you guys. That ours are a cell phone photo of a piece of printer paper that Jamie scribbled on in just childlike handwriting. <laughs> Don't make fun of my fucking handwriting, Rich. It, it, it looks like my son wrote it. And he's two and a half. <laughs> and can't read or, or write. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I can't read either, so whatever. Yeah, okay. Well, <clears throat> at least it's consistent. So anyway, yeah. Rusty is our buddy Ryan Hobbs, uh, another hack. Um, Dude, his first name's Ryan? Yeah. I thought his first name is Hobbs. No, Hobbs is his last name, bro. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rust- Ryan Rusty Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty short for Rusty Trombone. Anyway. Uh, so Rusty punted hard. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us something about that? Uh, Rusty had a rough weekend. He, so he, he came in with a brew that looked real sweet. Um, I don't think it was fully battle tested yet, but I have to give the kid credit that he was brewing fucking hard. Um, I want to say he was playing like a green sun Zenith package, um, trying to like cheat out creatures and just like accelerate the game. Uh, he went 0-3 drop, unfortunately. Um, just had a rough day at the GP. Um, he he did um, meet up with us later in the evening on uh, sat, uh, Saturday. So because I you know decided to go for maximum EV at the GP, I decided that I wasn't going to play and save my money for Korean barbecue and beer um, because that seemed like the best EV in Atlanta at the time because I'm not good enough to actually, you know, top 64, top 128 or, you know, anywhere in the top 900 of a tournament. As a native Atlanta, um, <clears throat> I do need to pipe in real quick that Cobb County is barely Atlanta. <laughs> 
I, I you know, yeah, I do. Marietta's, did Marietta's they have you in the fun. bougie part, or like where where were you guys? Oh, we stayed with Matt Webster, so I mean, we were. I have no, no idea. I know, where but we like were at. the the we were in Marietta was um it, it 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 was a land of highway interchanges and strip malls. Oh yeah, no, I know, I know uh, where the tusks are at. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was in Tusk territory. Yeah, the uh, um, the GP was uh, was at the Cobb Galleria, right? Yep. Yeah, that was a fantastic venue. But uh, anyway, so Rusty joined us um, Saturday night for Korean barbecue. Eric joined us to regale us of tales of making day two, while myself, Patsy, uh, Ryan, Matt Webster, aka Pig Red, and uh, uh, Zach Wilson, also known as Five Three, uh, were pounding down beers like they were free and eating copious amounts of meat. I think I literally ate like three pounds of meat that night. Um, I had the meat sweats when we left. Um, but Eric showed up, did did his due diligence, went back to Matt's, got a good night's sleep. Uh, we went out to Mazzy's and uh, I know that Patsy and Hobbs were jamming some games. And uh, Pig Red and uh, the Juggernaut himself were playing uh, a game called Hecatome. But um, so I mean, overall, it was a, it was a great weekend. We had a we had a fantastic time. Uh, big shout out to Matt for hosting Eric and I. He was a wonderful host. Had beer cold and ready for us in the fridge when we got there. Um, but I do want to break down a little bit about the uh, the the top eight in particular of the tournament. Um, Rich. Two weeks before the tournament, um, I believe you you called a shot. Uh, I may have done that, yes, and then completely forgot about it until you were editing the last episode. Um, I don't remember what my exact words were, but I did, in fact, call Cyrus Corman Gill in first place uh, with Ad Nauseum Tendrils. So, um, it was in response to me saying that the deck was unplayable in the format right now, unless he showed up. Yeah, I mean, there's there's another one in 12th place, so. <laughs> yeah. Turns out if you're a Storm Master, you, you can just play the deck whenever you want to. It's, <laughs> it doesn't matter what people bring. I will say, ha- you, having been you, on Depths and having seen just how many sideboard slots people were devoting to mediocre bounce spells, it feels like mm-hmm. Storm is actually in a pretty decent spot right now. Yeah, I believe it. Because submerge your goblin token is, is not exactly the type of interaction you need to win that matchup. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to chain a vapor it, not submerge. Yeah. In response, I will sack my land. <laughs> so, rundown of the top eight. We see Storm in first uh, with Cyrus just showing up dominating. Canadian Threshold... I don't really care. But third, fourth, we see... Hand over your hearts, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Fourth place. With a total paper price on MTG Goldfish of $214. (laughs) We we have a quad laser, no fetch land burn deck in the hands of Ben Stetcher. I... God bless you, sir. <laughs> ben, if you ever listen to this and I'm at an event, I will buy you a beer for this. You, you are, a you are fucking an inspiration savage. to us all. <laughs> 
So what's really funny is TCG low on the deck is $125. <laughs> that's that's less than a modern mana base. And this dude this dude walked out with some cash. Oh yeah. He showed up he showed up to take your money. That's fourth, uh, the fourth place in a GP. The, that's a uh, PT qualification, isn't it? Or yeah, whatever the fuck is. they're calling them now? It, it's uh, Magic Fest. Uh, the, the MF. Mythic championship. Whatever. That doesn't start with an F, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Magic Fest. Shit. Sorry, they changed all of it in the last year. I can't keep track Pro of Tour. I don't old, care what the I'm fuck old. they're called now. Yeah. The Pro Tour. <laughs> I think it might actually be players say- tour now. I, I don't care. It these names keep changing, and I can't follow them. And I really don't have any interest in playing them. So I'm just going to call them what they are to me. <laughs> and it's a pro tour. Someone else can angrily uh, correct me on Twitter or something. Um, but well, so I do want to point out that this man showed up with Alpine Moon mm-hmm. in the sideboard. Which I think, out of everything Turn I saw, hate, man. in the exactly like that, I think is probably. I, I, I would love to talk to something. this guy. Yeah, I'd love to see if this is what he was able to like. Just hedge wins against the depth decks by just turn one Alpine Moon and then just go ham with burn. Or just because, price you for twelve, <clears throat> slob on my knob. Like I. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God! I love burn. Uh, I love burn yeah. so uh, much. I, I love that. I love that deck too. So we have dark depths, uh, another Canadian threshold, another dark depths, and then Tariq Patel. Uh, I'm gonna let Eric hop in on this list. Have you seen this, this list? This is Eric? the Mardu Hogak, right? Uh, it's bug. This one's bug. Oh, it's the crab yeah. version. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, careful study instead this, of uh, this dude. Sh- this dude showed up with crabs for sure. So, so we had the we had the opposite opinions, I guess. When I was playing Hogak Depths, and I was like, "Oh, who put all these crappy Hogak cards in my Depths deck?" This guy was clearly like, "Who put these crappy Dark Depths combo cards in my Hogak deck?" And uh, clearly, he had the better take on where to where where to split out those <laughs> decks and really maximize the power of you know an eight eight trampler that you can cast for free just as many times as you want. Uh, great design wizards. That's that's a real sensible card that no one's gonna no one's gonna do it degenerate things with. <laughs> of course not. Oh, it's never been. It, it was the card was never broken. A bridge from below and altered dementia were clearly the cards that were broken. Hogak was it, it died for other cards. I was gonna since. say I was pretty proud of my uh, not of this world tech. Not mine. Uh, props to Jax who I got the list from. The not of this world. No, just stay, just say it was yours. The it's not fine. of this world tech to stop Caracas. That's pretty good, but the sacrifice my Hogak to Altar of Dementia in response to your Caracas activation? <laughs> yeah, that's a good angle that's as well. Right there. With, with Bridge from Below, make a shitload yeah. of zombies. Oh my Just God. beautiful, Mill beautiful. Myself. Jamie, how far yeah. down in this list did you look? 17th uh, place, Manalist Dredge. Yeah, oh. dude. Now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dominate SCG. Don't tell them. Side Stop. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. It's a surprise. They have to guess how many of us are showing up. It's a surprise. <laughs> we we mention it, and then so, everyone shows up in a fucking hack shirt. They'd <laughs> be like, hmm, "I wonder what you're playing." Yeah. Turn one ley line. So, go. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, no, that's 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 what I do. That's that's my legacy deck, you know, of choice. Turn one chalice with turn zero fucking ley line. Get fucked. 
So anyway, um, I just want to sum up GP Atlanta uh, by thanking Burn Guy and Hogat Guy and saying fuck Brainstorm and fuck Renin 6 because Renin 6 shouldn't exist. Amen. Anyway, um, <laughs> so there was also a legacy event the weekend following GP Atlanta in Charlotte that our good buddy Dr. Bill showed up. Um, Dr. Bill is the kind of guy that can win a tournament or top eight a tournament with a ham sandwich. On, on a bad day, the guy is in the top eight. On a good day, he's winning it and taking your money and I'm telling you you suck. at this point that Bill Schlichting could show up with a poker deck in top eight. I, I, I would bet it. I, was, I, played, I jammed some games with Bill, like some old school games a while back, and I consider myself to be a uh, below average um, old school player and an even further below average player in any other format. And uh, Bill embarrassed me in my own format. He, if there's ever a person that just perpetually brings guns to knife fights, like <laughs> it's it's Doctor Bill. So kudos to you for uh, just yeah. scooping up goblins casually and mobbing the floor with people with it because that, yeah. that's just amazing. So. I want to move on to uh, the old school event at Giga. Uh, huge shout out to Cy Johnson for hosting the event. Giga, I've never been there. This is my first time. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I've never been Dude, there. Gigabytes um, is dope. I love Gigabytes. It amazing. I mean, they they have food, they have beer, they have a great play space. Everybody was friendly. Everything was clean. It, it was just nice to walk into a game store that didn't have piss all over the floor. That had decent food. And that also served alcohol because I'm not 12. Um, I did, personally didn't drink but uh, because I was driving. But the old school event was great. Eric actually dropped day two, as he mentioned earlier, to show up and uh, jam some old school. Uh, Eric's hack's name is the Kingslayer for a reason because this man plays unpowered old school and gives zero fucks about how expensive your deck is. So, Eric, do you want you want to take it away and talk a little bit about the uh, the deck you showed up with? That is like your it's like your calling card in old school now because you've won what three of the four hacks events we've had in North Carolina. Um, had a pretty good record uh, down in Georgia compared to the rest of us fucking scrubs <laughs> that you know either didn't win anything or won one round. Yeah, so I, I'm on I'm on the the budget all revised all white border except for him to Torax uh, mono black deck. Uh, they sell white border versions of that. Yeah, I know, but even I have my limits. <laughs> Basically, once you told me that the format allowed people to play four strip mines and four him to Torax, I just had to figure out the other 52 cards. Um, I, do, I do think I've innovated the archetype by actually playing a proper amount of black sources. Uh, other deck lists that I've seen posted online, people try to get by playing 15 black sources in a deck that's literally 50% BB spells. Uh, All right, skip the... Uh, <laughs> just excuse the noise for a second on the keyboard. I have to find out how many mine plays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't run. You don't want to run Mishra's Factory is what, what he's trying to say. Is Don't be a fucking scrub. Don't play Mishra's Factory. Oh, I play Mishra's Listen to what he's I saying. I have fancy Mishra's Factories. I have to play them. That's... Like no, no, but people cut, pe people cut swamps in order to play the factories, oh, and Eric was like, fuck that, I'm going to play the right number of swamps. Yeah, I mean, I actually felt bad, because I, I always play 17 swamps, and I, 
I somehow only had 16 of the correct border swamp with me, so I think at that event I was playing a little light, um, which turned out to not punish me. I did get to introduce somebody to old school, the old-fashioned way, where he, uh, he, he kept a one-lander with a mono-red deck, and... Uh, <laughs> Let him know. Let's say by the, t- by the oh, time damn. he found his second land, I had found multiple sinkholes, and uh, the game was, <laughs> the game was uh, very unfortunate on his end. I, I went 3-2, and two, beating all the creature decks and losing to all the non-creature decks, including Jamie, of course, um, and also to Titania's Song. Um, I love that card. I play 13 black sources. Nope. Hold on. 14. I have a box jet. Sorry. Greed. Yeah. All I can say is I really like Hypnotic Spectre. That's just a, a card that's fun for everybody, regardless of which side of the table you're on. Uh, Lotus sa- same box? thing with Sinkhole. It's just one of those cards that, you know, your opponent just loves seeing it. You know, they just like seeing those old cards get played. You know, him to Torak yeah, discarding twist. both of their lands. You know, everybody just, you know, sh- shake hands, you know, have a, have a good, good, good fair match of magic. That's, that's the way I like to do things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I played Eric, what was it, round one? Yeah, I, we, did, we did the classic drive six hours together, play each other the first round of the tournament. Uh, nice. Always have to run that. Yeah, so so I showed up with. It's um, great when you get paired against Jamie, though, because you just get a buy. It's fantastic. Well, not oh, so no, much. Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> oh really? Oh, spoke too soon. I, fantastic. I, I, I I savagely have have beat Eric in only old school and occasionally vintage. And legacy um, when you were on that land pox list. Oh yeah, Jun oh, Jun pox in, in that legacy. Was, that was a deck after my own heart. <laughs> Yeah, I might have to pull that out again. But uh, no, so I showed up with a, a Jun lands base uh, base deck that is. Um, I was running three Mezavith. Thank you, Jaco, for giving me more of those. Um, because creatures are for the weak and poor people who can't afford expensive cards. I'm sorry, Eric. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, it's, it's based around, um, Mishra's factory beats. Uh, I finished the game off with either fireball disintegrate. It runs things like the abyss drop of honey maze of it. It's got howling mines, uh, icy manipulators, relic barriers, uh, winter orb. It's just a mean fucking shit pile of cards to play against. Um, Eric was my only win that day. Um, (laughs) And I think it's really just because, like, I, I seem to have your number and just have, like, God hands every time we play. Because I, I literally dump my hand game one. Uh, game two, I had removal for your creatures, dumped my hand on, like, turn four. And it, was, it wasn't really close, but I proceeded to, like, meet up with my arch nemesis, Matt Webster, playing his green-black shops deck that just fucking annihilated me. I mean, it was... I, I might as well have just walked away from the table to like eat a sandwich because I my my total game actions were land drop go, land drop go, land drop go. So yeah, it was it was pretty rough, um, but the event overall was great. Um, so I, you know, in conclusion, I still suck at magic. Um, I did call out my boy Zig. Blue. Yeah, oh, fuck you, Rich. Um, I did challenge. I did challenge Ziggy Humphreys for the belt, though. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ziggy and I are both champions in the old school world. If you aren't aware of that, um, I'll see you at EW this year, and you can see what I'm talking about. 
Um, so I challenged Humphreys for the belt. Uh, we did a best three out of five, and I had a, a beautiful game one where he mulled the four. I had everything I needed except for a kill condition. Uh, so I lost. Naturally. Game two. Oh, fuck you, Rich. Game You're two. Suffering from a common problem of reducing someone to one land and then having them draw multiple lightning bolts and chain lightnings that they can cast off that one land. <laughs> that that is the weakness of my deck. I do lose to lightning bolt quite a bit. Um, I just don't have a way to deal with with those kind of burn spells. Um, I so game two, I take one off of Humphreys. No, he takes it off of me because he's two zero. I take game three, game four, Humphreys closes it out to retain the belt. Humphreys, I'm calling you out. I'll play you anytime, anywhere for the belt. This is like fucking cage match. I'm showing up with a chair. Eric's showing up at the table. Rich is is showing up with a microphone, and he's going to start shouting like it's 1999. We're going to fucking do it, brother. Woo! So, anyway. You're going to beat the man. uh, You're going to beat the man. (laughs) <laughs> the cream rises to the top. <laughs> so anyway, um, no, we had a wonderful time in Atlanta. Thank you so much to the Tusks and everybody down there that we met and got to play with. It really was a fantastic time. The uh, old school tournament, Eric, un- unfortunately had a better record than me. <laughs> Crush the creature decks, lose to the non-creature decks. The mono black. Uh... Yeah. The mono black, black curse. curse. Maybe I should put the racks back in there. I think I you should. I honestly it. think you should. So fisting the well, deck so- is so great. <laughs> <laughs> when you can turn fist into a verb, you're doing life right. Correct. I oh man that that was so vindicating. So there we're, we're at an old school event in uh, uh, Casey, South Carolina that. You know, no, nothing against them. You know, they uh, they allow full proxy at the event. I I 100% would rather be able to play than not. Have no problem with that. Um, but I I do take a little bit of exception when someone shows up uh, to the all proxy event uh, with you know the deck and uh, it's like written shittily and sharpie on the back of cards and stuff like not even printed out proxies or anything like that. Or even having revised basics. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but uh, had a uh, multiple uh, revised dual lands uh, in the deck. So, I don't know. I, it, it, and the the guy was cool enough. So, I I don't want to sound like I'm ragging on the dude or whatever. But uh, he, he was on the deck and I was on mono black and shit in his mapo. And it was great. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, my favorite uh, game of old school I've ever played was Mono Black against the deck, one of the few times I won when I uh, successfully destroyed the first four lands that he played, and uh, he was getting very salty about it, and he complained. (laughs) He played his fifth land of the game and said, well, at least you're finally out of strip mines, and I said, said, actually, one of those was a sinkhole. Demonic tutor for strip mine? Just digging that knife in. Throw the salt in that wound. Throw the salt in that wound, brother. But they did not beat me that game. That's awesome. 
Well, so the, the last thing I kind of want to talk, talk about tonight is uh, something, you know, our, our play group has been working on for, how long have we been working on this, Rich? Um, a couple months, maybe. It's, it was back, I think, in the spring, so maybe six yeah, months. The, we, uh, the idea was first kind of hatched last year, and then in, in true hack form, we got lazy and forgot about it, and then picked it back up in the spring. Yeah, I, after we came out of hibernation, you know, with the extra 30 pounds of uh, weight in the rear end to put the tires down. <laughs> Sandbag. So, uh, yeah. So we, uh, we've been working on an old school cube, like, as, as a play group where uh, it, it moves. Um, I've been slowly procuring cards and, and trading shitty modern stuff that it was still in my collection for sweet old border cards. And uh, we've, we've started to build a cube that, um, rather than just one person designing it, it's been something where I send you guys the list, I send you guys messages as far as like what cards you want to see get added to it and things like that. Um, if any it's, of the it's been guys a, are listening to this, there are lots of strip lines. <laughs> <laughs> there were initially eight, but I did have to cut that back to four. That shit got wild. Um <clears throat> But uh, I think Eric, you've got, got three sh- of them in one draft. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, Bill had three of them. Pack one, pick one. Um, so I think Eric, you've got a chance to play it. Rich, you've got a chance to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that that I I don't see as much in Eternal Magic communities is people doing this kind of stuff. Like, you know, you've got a play group of guys that you love playing with, and. You know, saying, hey, what's something that we can get together on a weekend and throw back some cold beers? Like, let's do something that's not, like, just jamming our constructed decks that we've put together and tuned and played hundreds of games with. And we all know inside and out both ours and our opponents. Yeah, you know, it's like, Rich, I've played against you, I, I don't hundreds of games in Vintage at this point. Yeah. And... Old school, we still have a war every time. Eric, I've played in Legacy, you know, every other Friday for, what, a year and a half, almost two years now. So it's, we know what we're showing up with. I've, I've got four or five decks that I play. Eric's got, you know, a, a myriad of things that he likes to show up with that, that he can pilot well. But we kind of know within our first the first couple cards what, what somebody's doing. But it's nice to get away from constructed magic and get into... Creating your own draftable format that um, you know is is something that is meant to be shared with friends. Like it, you, you guys have been donating cards to it, um, which I am greedily never going to give back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've stamped them. I've gotten an artist sign. They're fucking mine. <laughs> I'm never going to sell them. They're not worth anything. They're fucking stamped with a hack stamp right in the middle of them. <clears throat> but you know the idea is that we all have these cards that we're going to enjoy together, you know, and that we can play it. I know we're, uh, this coming Saturday. So in a couple of days, we're having a a vintage event that unfortunately neither of you guys are going to make, but, um, I had put it out there. Either we can do an old school draft or we can do a, uh, an old school, you know, actual like tournament. And it seemed like that there was actually more excitement about doing, an old school cube draft and there was actually playing like a constructed format um, where, uh, you know, where you're just showing up with the deck you play every week. Yeah, I mean, it is a really unique way to play the game. There's not a lot of people with the with the time 
patience, resources to kind of put together 360 old border cards from these sets that weren't at all designed for limited and trying to figure out a way to make it, you know, a, a, a playable experience um, to, you know, whatever degree of playable you, you, you choose. I, I found it to be a really fun format to play. Uh, I've only played it once. Maybe it'll get boring after, you know, the hundredth time or the fiftieth time. Who knows? But uh, I, oh, I have I have seventy five cards waiting to get rotated in and out. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to to taking another crack <clears throat> at it because the 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 strategies are really interesting. It's hard to draft. It's hard to draft aggro. You want to go greedy, but there are all those strip mines floating around. <laughs> There's, there's a lot of double-colored yeah. costs on the power cards. You know, there's a lot of the type of balance stuff that you don't see anymore in modern sets. You know, land destruction is pretty prominent and reasonable to just put in, even if it's not your main strategy. Uh, I don't know. I thought I it was a really cool environment. the strip or the sinkhole. <laughs> you can build mono-red flyers. You know, <laughs> there's stuff that, that you just can't do with modern design philosophy. Yeah, it's God, it's it's been inter- <laughs> that card is a house in the in the yeah. the cube. Um, well, it's it's interesting though. It's like I admittedly I'm I am a terrible draft player. I my win percentage is maybe twenty percent in draft like lifetime. But it's interesting to play with like old cards we're all familiar with, and we've slowly kind of curated and taken out like multiples of cards that like. Say, for example, there were like three swords to plowshares and there were two chain lightnings, two bolts. And we kind of realized like in some t- just some very short testing, like, holy shit, this card's way too good to be in a multiple in the format because you're just blowing out people's first turn one through three plays. If you take bolt, bolt, chain lightning, they have no plays or you're taking swords, swords, you know, bolt like it's. It's really interesting to me, I think, as far as like trying to design that kind of play space that um, really, like Eric said, you don't see as much anymore from modern design sets, like the idea of land destruction or the idea of like, I drafted a white-black prison deck that my only win condition was Millstone, which our cube actually has anti in it. So there are cards like Jeweled Bird, Cyclone... Dark Pact, Demonic Attorney, were you anti-cards? And I definitely lost my Millstone, you know, game one (laughs) in a draft and had zero other win conditions in my deck because I literally drafted the deck to, like, I can just grind, Demonic Tutor, find this card, sit behind Moat in the Abyss, and I'm fat and happy. I don't have to do anything. Surprise. Um, (laughs) Yeah, surprise. You anti'd it. So it actually got really funny is that when we were playing it for anti was that people were putting one of each basic in their sideboard in case they lost a main deck basic land to not mess up their mana base, which is something that you, you'll just never see in a modern set. Yeah, I think the, the only time I've played it, we didn't actually draft, we did sealed, so it was a different experience. So I still haven't drafted it and I haven't had that experience of trying to actually craft an archetype. <clears throat> It was just, you know, opening up and being like, holy crap, I got Demonic Tutor in my pool. How do we make sure Black gets played? <laughs> and I think, uh, I think I won most of my games on the back of Demonic Tutoring up a Nevin Ural's disc and, you know, my opponent's face falling as they realized they were horribly overextended on the board and were not going to be able to kill me before I could untap it and, and take over the game. Um, gotcha, bitch! Yeah, J- Jamie got me with a crumble. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was that, that was very yes. unfortunate. <laughs> Demonic tutor play off the disc, and he was just sitting there waiting for it to the table. Bah! Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, you know, just kind of wrapping up with that. You know, I I I'd love to see more ideas behind people's like you know powered cubes or old school cubes. Like I've seen a handful of old school cubes, and they all seem to be. 720 cards, one of every card, they're meant for 16 people. Well, you know, we don't have 16 people that can consistently do it, so I made a 360 card cube that isn't like one of every card. Um, so, I, you know, I'd really love to see more people get into this, even if it's just like, you know, I've slowly been upgrading cards from uh, the shitty Chronicles printings that I bought for like 10 cents to buying like, oh, I need an Arabian Nights, you know, repentant blacksmith and things like that. You know, cards that are never going to see the light of day in old school or any other environment. Like, like I've yet to see repentant blacksmith in an old school event. Like a black border French uh, spirit link. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's nice. That's nice. You should sit and riffle shuffle that a few times so that it's nice and broke in. I actually can do it with these revised <laughs> But, you know, I... I, are pulled out. Shut the fuck up, Rich. I'm trying to finish this episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, if, if any of you have an old school cube that you're working on, please tweet it at one of us. I am at HacksMTG on Twitter. Uh, Rich, what's your Twitter tag? Uh, the underscore Spoonerman. Well, so please send us messages with spicy brews. We, you know, we love talking about old school, old school cube, vintage lists, legacy. Um, I want to thank our guest tonight, the Kingslayer, uh, Eric Johnson, for coming on, talking about his GP Atlanta run and our trip down there. It was, it was wonderful to spend the weekend with you, brother, and I, I look forward to many more uh, travels with you. Uh, it's great to travel with friends for magic events. Yeah, I had an awesome weekend. Thank you for, for driving. Big shout out to, to Matt Webster for putting up with the, putting up with us all weekend in his home uh, <laughs> it was a, a a nicer more gracious host could not be asked for and uh just it was a it was a great weekend super glad to, to get to do it get to play some old school get to play some legacy um get to eat some korean barbecue and uh, get to spectate some ex spectate some extended maybe i'll get a golden ticket next year I couldn't figure out if I if I was too belligerent or not belligerent enough to get that golden ticket. So I'm still working on trying to calibrate that to, to get that invite because uh, can the Torx legal in that format too? Like my God. So is Wasteland. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. Well, this is DGen Cast. We're signing off now. Hey, thank you so much, guys. As always, Rich, I love you. Eric, I love you as well. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on here and uh, talking about some, uh, you know, some different formats with us instead of just focusing, say, on the fucking brainstorm format like every other Eternal podcast. <laughs> cool. Good night, man. Call shot. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, guys.